And I know we've ribbed on them for like definitely looking like blonde siblings, but they have good chemistry. In but this that's movie. just the plight of white people. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's rough. It's rough out there for some blonde white people. They really have it the worst. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sing-Sations podcast. My name is Olive, and I am surprised they never made Glee Funko Pops. You know, the little Funko Pop vinyl <laughs> figures that they do for, like, every You would have owned movie. every single one of them. Oh, absolutely. My name is Eliza, and I'm currently going through drug withdrawals. <laughs> Which is such a fun way to, like, start our podcast just for reference in case anyone was wondering it is in fact legally prescribed medication yeah i really hope no one assumed you were taking illegal drugs well you never know anyway (laughs) speaking of things that should be illegal the tv show glee is what our podcast is about (laughs) you're not wrong so this week's episode is called special education um And as far as I'm aware, the title has absolutely nothing to do with the plot. Absolutely nothing. Like, I was watching this episode trying to be like, what is happening? Why would you call it that? We open, so this is the, um, it's sectionals, right? Yes, it's sectionals. So it's kind of like the first round of competition for glee clubs in the area. Um, We open the episode with Will bringing Emma two tickets to the to the sectionals like he's allowed to have That's a ticket what every obviously. girl wants tickets <laughs> to a high school singing competition yeah it always it blows my mind that like at these glee competitions there's always like full crowds it's not just like parents yeah what is with that i it, it confuses me it a little bit disturbs me i won't lie um so my also like second question here is the last episode we really saw emma in was the um, Rocky Horror episode when she basically told Will, like, you make me uncomfortable. Please give me space. And now he's, like, outing with just the two of us, perhaps? It just is horrible all around in a way that I cannot fully describe because I don't have the vocabulary for it, but I do not like it and I wish it didn't happen. It just seems like they completely forgot, like, all the awkward things that Will has done. And then also, like, Emma immediately calls him out and is like, oh, your set list is going to be Finn and Rachel doing a duet or like Rachel having a big solo number and then a group number where Mercedes belts out the last high note. And Will's like, oh, my God, how did you know? And Emma's like, because it's all you do, dumbass. And she says, like, well, due to the Rocky Horror thing that like really showcased all of the Glee kids um, talents, it would be a real shame if we went to another competition allowing like all of the talented kids in glee club just to like not have a chance to perform not that like being ensemble or being in the background of a dance number isn't still performing in like an important part of the number but you know we get tired of rachel berry being like rachel berry i completely agree i for one i'm constantly tired of rachel berry being rachel berry (laughs) yeah like we're all on the same page about that um And he realizes that, you know, I've got to make some changes to our set list. Apparently, like, he already had the set list picked out, but I guess it's just going to, like, replace some of the singers. So 
he walks into glee club rehearsal um and rachel is like enthusiastically like okay i've got this new solo that i want to do and everyone's just going to sit behind me on stools while i do it and will's like i honest i'm going to say something and i know it's something that you disagree with if i was in glee club with rachel i 100% would have slapped her by now oh i don't disagree with that at all see here's the thing the dichotomy that like if i knew someone like rachel berry i would smack the shit out of them but also if i was as talented as leah michelle i would probably also be that unbearable <laughs> so I, <laughs> I don't have a response for that will says they're shaking things up and yeah. that the winners of their duet competition which again i say is a sham this competition was a complete joke and we all know it he says that the winners of their duet competition meaning sam and quinn who rachel refers to as barbie and ken which is the funniest thing she says i think ever on this show they will be showcasing mike and britney's dancing which as I they love should that. as they should have been doing this entire time too this you know whole time and also quinn gets a great line in here where she's like you know you Rachel like objects to this obviously and Quinn's like you know usually you're just annoying but more and more I just want to punch you in the face every time you open your mouth and Quinn was so right for that one yeah she's right and she should say it and Will's like guys this is going to be great we're pumping up the team we're making everyone feel special I don't know if it's like Finn who says it but he's like well this is crazy you don't take the star quarterback out of the game right before a big a big game or something football terms and everyone's like <laughs> are you not aware that all of us are talented singers besides rachel like yeah they literally someone i think it's tina is like easy for you to say when you are the star quarterback yeah everyone on this show is a great singer so i don't want to get into like comparisons but i think quinn does a fantastic job with the song that they give her later so like specifically finn and rachel maybe need to chill out um, we go from there to absolutely majestic scene of Kurt Hummel walking through the hall of uh, Dalton Academy. It's assumably like one of his first days at school. He's really kind of starting to fit in as he's like slow motion walking down the hallway. A faceless nobody gives him a high five. Love it. It's what, it's what he deserves. And so he goes into, let's say, like the first rehearsal of the Dalton Academy Warblers which he has joined well, his first rehearsal at least yeah his first rehearsal and they gift him a canary instead of a warbler yeah I don't uh I don't know a lot about birds uh despite having listened to Brian David Gilbert's classic we like watching birds enough times that it has now shown up on my Spotify on repeat I don't know anything about birds that's okay. Is a war like I, I now that you say it, it would make complete sense for a warbler to be a type of bird. Uh, Wait, did but you I, not know a warbler was a type of bird? Their their no. logo is a bird. <laughs> no, I didn't. Their logo is literally a bird. Both of you to assume I have looked at their logo. It's on the Warblers cast album that Glee released. Duh. <laughs> I just clock like the the suit jacket and the tie and I go this is all the information I need. Kurt does have a great line here too where he's like oh this is great I can take him to my weekend job at the bottom of a coal mine 
No, no. At, a, at a cat shelter at the bottom of a coal mine. Yeah. Which wouldn't make sense if it was a warbler. Is a warbler a canary? Is that maybe what it is? Google does not say it is. You know what? I don't know my birds that well, so I shouldn't, I shouldn't judge. I'll probably cut most of this out, but just for the audience to know, we've spent like a good five to ten minutes talking about bird types. It's when the ADHD and the autism collide. <laughs> um, so Kurt is obviously like very excited um, to like start setting up the Warblers set list. And he's like, I have so many ideas. And the Warblers council is like, no, all songs have to be decided upon by the senior members of the council. And so you can kind of have input, but we're probably not going to listen to it is basically what they say. It's I mean, I would rather go before a council before I went before Will Schuster with any idea, but I do ardently believe I could beat up Will Schuster. Not that violence is the answer here. Um, <laughs> I, in like the first 10 minutes of this, I have gone, I would slap Rachel Berry and I would beat up Will Schuster. And um, you're going through drug withdrawal, so that makes sense. <laughs> I just feel like anytime you say council of high schoolers, things are automatically going bad. Yeah, I mean, the student council at our co-op was basically just a glorified party planning committee. I do think the warblers, well, so here's the thing. Whoever the head warbler is, um, Wes, uh, he says like, well, it'll be your time to select the songs when you're sitting on this council. So assumably these positions are like, people who have put in the years with the club and like really have dedicated themselves to it as opposed to Will Schuster just going like, all right, here's another journey song guys. So, oh, oh, I forgot to mention something about the earlier scene. So when everyone's mad at Rachel for like objecting to other people getting solos, Santana tells her that she and Finn had sex. So now right. I, for some reason, I thought that was later in the episode. But yeah, she lets it drop. Um, she also calls Rachel an insufferable hobbit, which is slander against hobbits. And I don't appreciate it. Yeah, frankly, um, rude. Frodo Baggins did not take the ring to Mordor for this treatment. Just to be compared to Rachel Berry. Who is the Rachel Berry of the hog of the hobbit universe? You gotta clarify, are you talking about the Hobbit, uh, like the Hobbit, or like the Lord of the Rings? Both. Okay, for the Hobbit, I would say 100% it's Keely. For the Lord of the Rings, you know it's Legolas. Everyone knows that it's Legolas. He's too perfect. There's not enough going on upstairs to make him an actually interesting character, but everyone insists that he's their favorite. And that has been our Glee Lord of the Rings crossover content for this episode. Anyway, we go into a scene. Back to the um, reason that this podcast actually exists. uh, It's Rachel and Finn in Emma's office. They're going to her for couples counseling. And Rachel's like... I feel like Emma is criminally underqualified to do oh thousand percent i most of the teachers at mckinley have no qualifications for the job that they fulfill well there is also that and rachel says you know why didn't you just tell me like i wouldn't have been that upset if you had just told me at the get-go but then finn says like well first of all it's you get kind of scary and manipulative when you get mad at me so I didn't want this to happen 
Um, and Rachel is also like very upset that it's Santana specifically because she says like, oh, if it was Quinn, then I'd understand, assumably because like they dated for a long time. So if Finn had lost his virginity to Quinn, like that would have been expected. But because mm-hmm. it was just like a weird hookup with Santana that meant nothing, it like hurts Rachel more. And especially with the lying. Yeah, the lying for so long. I mean, I don't know if we can say so long since, again, we have absolutely no frame of reference at all for how much time has passed. I would say like at least a good few weeks to months at least, though. Okay, that's fair. Especially, I mean, if you're seeing each other every single day in school, it's like there were ample, there were probably ample times for him to come clean about this before now. True. Um. And then Emma gives perhaps the worst advice ever. And she's like, well, you guys are both in Glee Club, so why don't you sing about it? I, Emma, you are enabling bad behavior. It's just insane. And she's clearly helpless. And Rachel's like, well, you only had sex with Santana because she's hot. And Finn's like, well, yeah, she is hot. And Rachel goes, as a therapist, is it productive for me to slap him right now? And Emma goes, well, I'm not a therapist. But no, maybe you should storm out. And then Rachel storms out. Good for her, I think. Um, I know that, again, I know that within the past however many minutes of our podcast, I have twice uh, said that I would commit violence against members of the TV show Glee. Um, But I I do not actually advocate uh, slapping because that is abuse. We go from there to Artie wheeling down the hallway and he stops and looks in an empty classroom where Brittany is just standing facing the wall in silence. I gotta say, that is a humongous an absolute mood. And he wheels in. Keep in mind Artie and Brittany are like technically dating now. We haven't seen much from them since the episode where she like manipulated him into having sex with her. But they are dating. I had forgotten that that was uh, how that had gotten together and he's like hey what's wrong Brittany expresses that she is very nervous to have a dancing solo even though it's something she knows she's very good at we can assume that Brittany has perhaps been like a background member of even the Cheerios for a long time so like she's nervous about messing up or like having a spotlight moment and Artie's like well here's the thing I found this magic comb or or it's my lucky comb or something like that that like I, I just gotta say me. from the get-go I do not like at all how how he just straight up lies to her oh absolutely their relationship has been built off of nothing but lies so far and he's like oh this magic comb will like not only will it make you confident but it's like wh- when you use it or when you have it with you you can't fail and Brittany is of course not the sharpest knife in the drawer believes him and is like, oh my gosh, we're going to win this thing. I honestly can't believe that you, as a noted all-star from the Shrek soundtrack aficionado, did not say the sharpest tool in the shed. Oh my gosh, she's she ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. I also like um, not the brightest crayon in the bo- box. Anyway. Um, we are so squirrely this episode. Um, we, g- we go into um, a scene with Will and Puck where Will... So basically because Rachel is like now refusing to perform at all, right? Because she's so angry at Sam or at Santana and Finn. 
and obviously they've just lost Kurt because he transferred schools. Will asks Puck to try to recruit more members since he's like a pretty popular guy. Which I refuse to believe. Who would like Noah Puckerman? Especially after the whole getting Quinn pregnant thing, which I feel like is not super good. And for... the going to juvie thing. Yeah, which I don't know, might make him kind of like a cool bad boy, but I also don't think makes him particularly likable. Um, I would think that like Mercedes would have yeah. a better better pull because Mercedes hasn't like actively offended everyone at the school, you know? Exactly. So we go from there to a little kind of like a quick scene, but it's more Blaine and Kurt content. So we love that. He says like, well, we really, I, I know your ideas got kind of shot down in club, but we really liked your enthusiasm. So we're going to give you an opportunity to audition for a solo, which is really weird because we see that only Blaine ever gets solos. So I'm like, why are they even having auditions? Which I've got to ask, like, if they're doing this by committee, which again is what they nominally are doing, does every single person in this club just go, Blaine? I think it should be yeah. Blaine. Yeah. Clearly they're very Blaine I know biased. that they literally just said, like, the the first episode, the Warblers uh, came in, that, like, this was not a gay school. However, uh, this is... It's giving fruit vibes. It's a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a, you know, like a a tropical smoothie cafe. It's giving we're all gay for Blaine Anderson. Which, you know what, is a, I feel a morally correct choice. And then that's just like a quick little scene as they're walking down the stairwell. We hop back into the puck issue where we see him trying to kind of rally some of the football guys up. And he's like, okay. Since you guys are the ones, specifically like Azimio and Karofsky, since you guys are the ones who like sent our boy Kurt out of the school, y'all owe me one and you got to join Glee Club. And he's like, there's lots of cool dudes who sing like Bruce Springsteen. And he bought a guitar and he just decided to put his life into music. And the next thing he knows, he's on the cover of Time and Newsweek. Once I'm going to say, as I know oh. that we have not been introduced to, like, any other named member of the football team. Mm-hmm. I cannot imagine two worse people to start with. Oh, thousand percent. Why would you even attempt to get anyone on the football team to join Glee Club? I think it's because those are the only people that Puck knows. Fair. That scene ends and we kind of don't really know exactly what happens, but all the guys basically pounce on Puck and then we cut to another Glee Club rehearsal where uh, Santana says like, oh, if the Warblers end up winning sectionals, it's only because we gave them Kurt. And Mercedes says, instead of applause, we should throw possums at them. And then Rachel walks in with a piece of duct tape over her mouth. And Will is like, what the fuck are you doing, Rachel? Good. And, <laughs> and Rachel's like, well, since you all fucking hate me, I guess I'll just shut up forever. And we're like, good, please do that, Rachel. Um, but obviously Rachel's just Nice, like, mm. awesome, no downsides at all. Yeah. And, but like, obviously Rachel's just being like a bitch about this whole situation. And Will like goes off on her and is like, you're being a lousy sport. You're being a terrible team member and you chose to be a part of this team so you can make the choice to be happy for all of your teammates here. And Rachel's like, 
this is a travesty and like we're all gonna lose without my power um but then will starts kind of calling out the other team members too and he's like guys we're supposed to be here as a team supporting other teams in healthy competition so even if we do lose even if the warblers beat us like we're still going to respect them as our competition not like ridicule them or hate them just because they have Kurt now which is good and then we find out after being pounced by the uh by the football team Puck in a very season one-esque twist got locked in a porter potty and then got saved by the icon of the school McKinley Lauren's Ices, who uh, I just gotta say, like, obviously bullying is bad. However, uh, this one I will not call bullying. This one I will call karma. Oh, definitely karma. It's it, the exact same thing Puck did to Artie in the first episode. So kind of deserved. And also, again, like, maybe just a really dumb choice in general to approach the football team that actively hates the Glee Club to see if anyone wants to join the Glee Club. Like, why would you think that was a good idea? Yep. She um, is, like, kind of interested in puck um or like interested in joining the glee club but she's like okay fine i'll do it if you have seven minutes in heaven with me but then when she begins to like make out with him assumably in like a school closet or something she kisses him for like maybe five to ten seconds and then is like nah not into this and like because she's so uninterested in good for her first of all good for her but also because she's so uninterested in him puck's like damn i'm kind of into her now i i'm not i'm not gonna get into that one on puck's end i'm simply not gonna get into it i refuse to you can't make me i won't make um, you i don't want to focus on puck any more like, than it we goes against to. my religion to think about noah puckerman being happy lauren's ices i believe does agree to join the glee club then so it's like great we've got our what 11th mem- member or something i think that's all we need I think it's 12 but yeah so this is just like a little hallway exchange i think rachel is watching finn from afar sees santana pass by him and like she's kind of taunting rachel um and then puck comes up and is like hey i know how we can get back at finn this can only end badly you're absolutely right you're absolutely right and i guess like as she walks off with puck we kind of pan to another part of the hallway where Tina walks up to Artie in like a goth cheerleader costume and she expresses to Artie that she thinks that Mike and Brittany have been having an affair uh, and like using their rehearsal time together or the dance using their rehearsal time like to cheat on Tina and Artie respectively which just sucks (laughs) yeah there's very little um like evidence for this but i do kind of live for tina just like starting the drama of it all good for her tina doesn't get enough attention but they do establish early on that she's kind of a drama queen um which like in the later seasons just kind of evolves into her being like a big crybaby but i do kind of live for a tina who's just like always starting shit I think that is a wonderful character trait that we could give her, and I'm going to stick with it, honestly. Yeah. It's going to be the only one she gets for, you know, the rest of the series, so. That's why she makes out with Sam in, like, season five for the drama. Yeah. Um, We go into 
a little scene where Rachel is like rehearsing at the piano in the school auditorium and Kurt walks in and Rachel's like, don't bother trying to spy on me because they've taken away my solo for sectionals. And Kurt's like, actually, I don't give a shit about you. He's like, I have an audition It makes for- me laugh so hard because she is so offended. And Kurt is like, first of all, I have a life. Yeah. Kurt asks Rachel to help I'm him. I'm a few episodes away from getting a boyfriend. So like, I have other concerns now. Yeah. Um, and Kurt asks Rachel to like, help rehearse what is going to be his audition song with her. Um, and he's like, no one knows how to kill a ballad just like you. And he wants to sing Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On. But Rachel says, you need something more personal. And like, this is about you. And she asks, do you ever fantasize about your own funeral? And they both go, yes. Uh, I can't say that I've done that. Have you? Just out of curiosity. I know that I want to be cremated. Anyway, Rachel busts out um, her boombox. And instead of like telling Kurt what to do or helping him she begins the music and starts to sing don't cry for me Argentina um and the way it's framed is like a duet where like she's in the McKinley auditorium singing it and then assumably in the future Kurt is in the warblers rehearsal using it for his audition it is a very pretty arrangement this song has one of my favorite underrated bits of the whole show, which is when Kurt is going to raise his hands on a high note or something, and then Blaine just, like, gently put has one hand up like Kurt's doing and then puts his other hand and shakes his head as he pushes yeah. it down. Just, like, subtly signals, like, don't, don't do that. That's a little too much. Too much, too much. Kurt, Walk it back. Kurt is definitely, like, I don't want to say hamming it up, because this isn't really a song you can ham up, but it's the drama of it all there's parts where he literally has like tears in his eyes and it's like maybe chill out a little bit um he sounds gorgeous it's been a bit since i've had a scene like this but this was in fact a scene that i had to watch muted because of the secondhand embarrassment of it all i don't think this is embarrassing i like watching it because it's 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 gonna be a while until we get the curtain blaine like get together scene but you know from early on in their relationship the way Blaine looks at Kurt like he hung the moon is, oh, God. it just gets my heart. And, you know. Not to be dramatic, but my fucking shipper heart over here. Yeah. Like, they are just so meant to be together. And I'm sorry to any, like, non-claim shippers who listen to our podcast, but you're just going to have to listen to us. I'm not sorry. Get well soon, bestie. Not my problem. It's very much a number that they just like threw in because they were like, oh shit, Rachel doesn't have a solo in competition. So now let's give her a solo somewhere else in the episode. We find out in the next scene, uh, it's Kurt and two of the other guys from the Glee Club, um, Jeff and Nick, that they like got through the first round of auditions, I guess. But then Kurt did not. And Blaine says like, hey, you notice how we all wear uniforms around here? And like, we all kind of, have to play as a team and none of us can shine too brightly and so basically he says like your don't cry for me argentina was too good because we need to be more uniform um and then we go into a like a little hallway scene where 
Artie is trying to talk to, or he like tries to ask Brittany out and Brittany's like, no, I have to rehearse with Mike more. And Artie's like, okay, well, can we hang out tomorrow? And she's like, no, I have to rehearse with Mike more. And so she's like being very shady about this. Um, that's like right before they ship off to sectionals though. Um, and as they're at the buses, we get a little scene with Ray, with Emma and Will where they actually do bring up how awkward things have been since Rocky Horror. And basically Emma says that like, after her talk with Rachel and Finn, she realized like, okay, honesty is obviously very important in a relationship. She had a talk with Carl about like, if he was comfortable with her hanging out with Will and they kind of like had a fight about it, but then made up and in order to like honor Carl's wishes, she has decided to not attend sectionals. Which I think is a good boundary for them to set, especially with everything that happened with, you know, um, Ken. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, because early on in the Ken plot line, they, he has a line somewhere in there to Emma. Ken does. Ken says to Emma, like, you're always going to choose Will over me. So I think this is a really important Emma moment where she's like making the choice. I'm going to choose Carl over Will in this instance. But then also she kisses Will goodbye on the cheek, which like, yes, could be seen as a friendly gesture, but not like, even if she means it as a friendly gesture. Like I, you know me, I'm a very physically affectionate person. I do smooch my friend's foreheads when they are okay with that. Um, but obviously Will like- He's not going history. to interpret it as a friendly gesture. Yeah, he and Emma, like, have a history. So it's, like, not just the same as, like, a quick peck between friends, which is, like, already something very specific that only specific friends would do to each other, not something you do to, like, your ex-boyfriend casually. Yep, exactly. And then we get a little scene with Rachel and Kurt before the performances. Um, She, like, begins to complain about not having a solo again. And Kurt's like, well, I also didn't get my solo um, because um, I, because he has too much individuality for the Warblers, basically. <laughs> Which is He's like, I'm exactly... too special. Oh, maybe that's why the episode's called Special Education, because, like, he's too special for the school that he goes to. I think you're maybe reading too far into it, Bestie. Maybe it's just a stupid title. Um, there is a kind of nice line where, like, I don't know, Kurt asks, like, oh, um, how come you were never this nice to me when I was in Glee Club or when I was in the New Directions? And Rachel's like, oh, well, you were the only person I saw as competition. And first of all, this is Mercedes erasure. But second of all, what a bitchy thing to say. <laughs> like, that's not something funny and cute, Rachel. Again, not to advocate for violence. <laughs> no, do it. Do it. I dare you. But like again, if I knew Rachel Berry, I would have slapped her by now. Yeah. Um, and then we go into the performances of sectionals. First, it is the hipsters, which is like a uh it's a group of like old people, I guess, getting their GEDs. Um, and they sing the living years, which like under the wikia is qualified as like a full song that they do but I don't think they released a cover of it it's fine um and then we go into 
the Warbler's number, which is Hey Soul Sister, an all acapella arrangement led by Blaine, absolute chef's kiss. Slaps completely. Um, and like I I was already like into acapella music before Glee, but the Warblers really would have been what eight? <laughs> yeah, no, I liked acapella music because I I remember That's so weird. Well, I remember having like the physical, not a physical thought. I remember having the literal thought process of like noticing that my mom was good at harmonizing to things and actively thinking like, I want to learn how to harmonize to things. And so I think I like already had an interest in like complex arrangements like this. And then Glee slash like the Warblers specifically just cemented in my mind, like, oh, this is this is who I am now. I am that theater bitch who like harmonizes to everything for no reason. I mean, we both are. Um, I'm not even an acapella version and I think that this slaps so completely. Uh, when they are done, the new directions do give them a standing ovation. So that's a fun little, you know, like, hey, we're being supportive. We're being good friends for Kurt. Love to yeah, see that. Absolutely. Um, and then I guess there's like an intermission or something between the three groups, which is weird. Um, and tensions are high in the green room and like Quinn is getting really nervous because obviously it's her first uh, competition solo and Artie and Brittany are like fighting a little bit more because Artie's like glaring her down and here he he accuses her of adultery and she goes like I'm so sorry and he wheels away and then Mike goes like oh what do you think is up with him <laughs> to Tina and Tina's like oh like you don't know and mike's like no i really don't know i have no idea what's going on um <laughs> oh and then rachel comes in she like storms in complaining about the whole santana thing again and we find out that like everyone in the glee club knew about santana and finn having sex except for rachel which is objectively so funny that these dramatic ass bitches like all agreed to not tell her this all of these gossipy assholes just decided you know you know what it's funnier if Rachel doesn't know especially since like we know that back when um it got out that Puck was the father of Quinn's baby like that shit spread like wildfire the minute it was out it was like three minutes and everyone knew and they also didn't tell Rachel in that situation either <laughs> I think that the implication here is just that nobody wants to talk to Rachel yeah period and like obviously this pisses rachel off she's like i'm not going on stage with santana and Artie's like well if if rachel's not going on then i'm not going on with Brittany. and then tina says she's not going on and will storms in and is like guys you are supposed to be a team and remember how last year you were here with no set list after the other groups had like stolen their songs at the previous sectionals and you and you made it work so make and, it work now yeah and like you guys i don't care if you guys hate each other you have to go out there and sing and be a team for like five more minutes <laughs> and then they call places um and there's a little scene with Artie and Brittany before they go on where she's like stretching he brings up the adultery thing again or he brings up cheating and Brittany's like, what? I didn't cheat. I didn't cheat on you. And Artie's like, yes, you did. You admitted to adultery earlier. 
and she's like she's like i I thought you meant adultery because i was adult like d-o-l-t like being stupid and she explains that she lost his magic comb and like thinks that they're gonna lose now like because she was so stupid and lost the comb and he explains to her that the comb was just something he found on the floor and was going to throw in the trash and she's like you let me brush my hair with garbage (laughs) (laughs) which is like so rough um it actually is like kind of cute between them where he's like oh well you're all the magic that we need Brittany, and you're gonna go out there and do a great job you don't need anything else besides like your talent which is very sweet and then we go into the absolute banger that is i've had the time of my life led by uh quinn and sam together this is a and I great just gotta number. say, finn and rachel could not have done this they finn and- absolutely not finn and rachel obviously their voices go great together but when I think of a Finn and Rachel duet, I think of something like Faithfully that has this like huge soaring, like ballad over dramatized sound to it. I've had the time of my life because of like the softness in both Chord Overstreet's and Diana Agron's voices. It has this great subtlety that just like flows so easily. Well, and you know, I didn't mention this before, but like, I think there's something so great about like, all of the Glee competition episodes before this, right, have made us very used to like, okay, Rachel's going to belt out some big ballad and then we're going to get like a big group number. Exactly what Emma said at the beginning. Yeah, then we're going to get some big group number that's just more Rachel solos with everyone doing backup. This is so beautiful because we get this like great chemistry between uh, Sam and Quinn, adorable dancing with them in leads And then we go into Valerie, which Santana is also absolutely tearing it up. She's a great soloist, but it also doesn't feel like it's drawing attention away from anyone else the way a Rachel Berry solo does. Like, does that make sense? Every Rachel Berry solo feels like very me, me, me. Whereas like Valerie still very much feels like a group oriented number that happens to have Santana absolutely killing it up front. Exactly. And then Brittany and Mike's dance is so fun, too. They get this great, like, almost kind of acrobatic number in the front. I also love their dresses here. They're, like, white, gray ombre dresses with a little red ribbon in the middle. So cute. Yeah, normally I don't like their competition dresses, but these ones are cute. I kind of want these dresses. (laughs) Um, Anyway, that is the end of their set list, because apparently the New Directions get two songs. The Warblers and the Hipsters only got one each. And then we're doing like the, uh, you know, drum roll, who's the winner. Hipsters obviously get third. But then we find out that the New Directions and the Warblers tied for first place. So they are both moving on to regionals because we need to keep Blaine Anderson in the plot longer. Yeah, I understand plot wise why this happened. um, But I will say like actual points wise... I like Hazel Sister. It was not as good as Valerie. Yeah, Hazel Sister is a great number. Both I've Had the Time of My Life and Valerie just have more, like, star power to them, I feel. So the the, the New Directions really won this, for sure. There is, like, a little makeup moment between Rachel and Finn. 
But before we get closure on that, there is a little scene, assumably like the next Monday or something. Will brings the big trophy into Emma's office, like, see, we won. He notices that Emma is wearing a ring on her ring finger, left hand. And he's like, oh, is that an engagement ring? And Emma's like, no, it's a wedding ring. And we find out that she and Carl drove down to Vegas that weekend and got married. And Will is like, congratulations, but then immediately leaves because he is deeply uncomfortable. Because he sucks. <laughs> As he should be. He should be uncomfortable. I think Will should Now he finally has an idea of how he makes everyone else feel. Yeah, true. I'm actually... Um... I'm actually curious. One second. I just want to let people know that driving from Lima, Ohio to Las Vegas, Nevada would take uh, 30 straight hours. <laughs> maybe they flew. I don't remember what the exact line was. So maybe they took a plane. Um, speaking of being uncomfortable, too, uh, we go into what is supposed to be like Finn and Rachel's makeup scene where she like she's like okay you know things were kind of bad there for a little while but i want to be back together i love you but she is like okay now that we trust each other again i need to tell you that while i was upset with you i went and almost had sex with puck and we get this little scene where like apparently puck offered to like have sex with her but then as they were like making out on the bed it was actually puck who like pulled out of it at the last second and was like no actually i don't want to do this to finn this would be really fucked up since i already had sex with quinn when they were dating so like i can't do this to finn again which is so messed up too because that definitely implies that rachel like would have gone through with it if puck hadn't been the one to be like no this is a bad idea it's bad decisions all around it's just bad decision bad decision bad decision bad decision and it's like it's so messed up too because Rachel brings this up and she's like, oh, it's not a big deal because it's basically the same thing that you did with Santana. And Finn's like, no, it's not the same thing as with Santana. Because first of all, I was not dating you when I had sex with Santana. And then second of all, you literally went and like almost had sex with the same person who like Puck is the same person who messed up his relationship with Quinn. And so for Rachel to go and almost have sex with Puck is like clearly her doing the most hurtful thing possible. And so he's like, absolutely fucking not. This is not okay. Boom, yeah. break up. And then we get into, oh, a little scene with Kurt and Blaine. He, Kurt has noticed that Pavarotti is like not singing and he's like losing his feathers. So he's worried about him, obviously. Pavarotti the, being the canary. I forgot if we mentioned that or not. And then Blaine's like, oh, don't worry. He's just molting and quote unquote, he will be singing again in no time. And it's this little like metaphor that like now just wasn't the time for Pavarotti, but he'll be, he'll have his chance to like sing again soon. Just like Kurt. Yeah. Um, and then we get a little makeup with Tina and Mike. And then in the final like Glee Club rehearsal, Will asks rachel to perform a solo to like celebrate winning sectionals but she's like no 
it goes to Mercedes and Tina instead. And they finish the episode with Dog Days Are Over by Florence and the Machine, which is a very good number. I will say I prefer the Florence and the Machine version of it just because Florence Welch has like a very distinctive sound to her voice that like, I don't know, is like, it's just like very unique to the way the group sounds, but the Glee cover is still very good. And they've got like some cute choreography too. Everyone's just like kind of jumping around. Um, And as they're finishing up the number, we see Rachel uh, taking down all the pictures of Finn from her locker and Emma has now replaced her, um, like the name tag on her door instead of Emma Pillsbury. It says Emma Pillsbury hyphen Howell. So like she is officially married woman off the market. Will Schuster, GTFO. Yeah. So favorite song of the episode? It's got to be Valerie. I mean, what I mean, what do you want from me? Yeah, I mean. It's a it's a classic Glee song. I mean, there are a lot of Glee covers that I think are like overhyped or maybe are like only associated with Glee because of like their iconic maybe imagery or like sound. Valerie is a cover by Glee that I think is hyped the exact right amount. It's just so good. I will say though, Valerie is objectively the best song of the episode. My personal favorite is I've Had the Time of My Life just because I think they do a great Agreed. job with it. And then worst song of the episode for me, I guess, is Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. Like, it's not bad, but like I said, it's just like a Rachel Berry solo thrown in there. Or like, I don't know, it's a duet technically, but like, I kind of wish it had just been Kurt. Yeah. And then Will Schuster has done nothing super illegal this episode. Actually, he's done a pretty good job of kind of like banding together the group. And now for the kind of like first time in a couple weeks, we will do our final segment. And here's what you didn't miss on Glee, where we go through our Spotify's and we pick out songs um, that we think or we'll describe how we think Glee would have done them if the songs had been done on Glee. Bet on it from High School Musical 2. it's this is a finn song right finn obviously obviously this is finn because he's the jock who wants to do theater things he's like i can't be into sports and music all at once oh and his girlfriend's always breaking up with him for no reason finn finn uh evacuate the dance floor by cascada Oh, work, bitch. Um, it's like a Britney dance number. Oh, Britney and Mike. It's like a... This number isn't too vocally challenging, so I feel like they definitely no, could. No, it's not. I feel like this could also be like a when they're in college sort of thing. <laughs> Turkey lurky time-esque. God, instead of that, honestly, I would rather... That was something they threw in for the Thanksgiving episode, so I do feel like Evacuate the Dance Floor could have been, like, an April Like, when they're partying after, I think it's Rachel's opening night? Oh, yeah, something like that. Yes, Evacuate the Dance Floor. Love that. Um, And so next week, we will actually be getting to our, um, a very Glee Christmas episode, so 
we will be having Christmas in June. Looking forward to seeing everyone there. <laughs> seeing, they say, about an audio medium. Uh, that is our show. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at SingSationsPod. That is S-I-N-G-S-A-T-I-O-N-S-P-O-D. You can leave reviews. I mean, you can leave reviews of our show, but also just in general, like, uh, leave a good Yelp review for a, a local business you like, I guess. But first, leave a review for our podcast. That's the most First, leave a review thing. for us. Um, I think that's everything. So, love you. Bye. Bye.